shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey, hey, come on, come on. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. What is going on, Human Hope Familia? Welcome to episode 137 of the Human Hope Podcast. My name is Carlos Enrique Wittgen Guzman Archibol Cabello. And I'm here for you. You. You, you, your mama too, and your dog. Wow. Where did that come from? I don't know. We are just barreling towards Christmas as fast as we can. Are you guys as excited as I am about Christmas? You know, (laughs) I know not everybody has the same overzealous Christmas spirit as I do, but now that we are like officially like deep, not deep, I mean, we're only eight days into December, but we're we're way past December 1st. Uh, We're there. And you know, here's something that I do know is true. I do know that not everybody loves this season and not because... Uh, they, you know, they may not feel merry and bright. Uh, they may not like jingle bells, not because of that, just because it's hard, right? Things are hard. Uh, life is hard. We're all going through hard things. And so I do believe there's a way to coexist in the pain that is whatever life has dealt you in this season, but also uh, the hope of what Christmas means. And it's kind of where I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, the next uh, actually few weeks, it's just going to be me and you. Today, it's not, but next week it is. And I'm really going to get deep down in, into, uh, into some things that I think that all of us are going through and maybe, maybe give a little bit of hope um, for those of you that, you know, those of you that are feeling hopeful in this holiday season and those of you that aren't, I think we can all use a little bit more hope. Uh, so that is what we're going to be doing the next few weeks. It'll just be me, myself, I, and you. Just like a little conversation, just me and you, nobody else. But today, that's not what we're going to do. Today, I am currently on my way to Whitefish, Montana, and I am going to be preaching at Fresh Life, my favorite church in Montana. 
the only church in Montana I've ever preached at. Uh, but my dear friends, Levi and Jenny Lusco and their beautiful family, uh, have the privilege of standing on their stage and delivering the word of God this weekend. So corporate Carl, Carl Witt has been out uh, in force the last few months. Uh, Preacher Los gets back in the pulpit this weekend. And so I'm going to be um, in their Firebrand series, uh, just talking about what it means uh, to be branded for Christ and what it, what does that mean? What does that look like when you're, you know, in whatever season of life you're in, whether you work in ministry, whether you work uh, in the corporate space, whether you work, uh, you know, wh- wherever it is, if you are marked for Christ, because not everybody is, but if you are and you do can call yourself a follower of Christ, what does it mean to be marked? And what does it mean to like live a life of radical impact, generosity, all of the things, all the things that really the Insta Familia is. So I'm pumped. I'm doing that. And that's kind of like the last, that'll be the next to last airplane I get on because I'll, I'll, I'll be coming home. So I'm there. I'm excited. If you're in Montana, I'd love to see you. Uh, all the Kalispell, all, all the Montana, I think even Utah uh, locations of Fresh Life, I'll be able to be streamed in. So looking forward to that. Also going to be skiing uh, on Saturday uh, up on the mountain. So I'm pumped. It's going to be good. So yes, I will be skiing on Saturday and hopefully I will not injure my 50-year-old hips. Speaking of 50-year-old hips, <laughs> what a transition. Speaking of 50-year-old hips, actually, I don't even know how old Russell Moore is. I think he may be my age. He may be even younger than me. Uh, but Russell Moore uh, is our guest on today's podcast. He is uh, running Christianity Today. He's the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today. And he is somebody that I have followed the last few years as I've watched kind of evangelical America stumble a little bit, myself included. I'm part of it. And I've stumbled a couple times here and there. What I love about uh, Russell is he really, I feel like, was able to find a lane that a lot of conservative Christians in America needed him to find. Because it, it, it felt like, you know, I, th- I think all of us can admit this. It felt like in the last few years, you're either crazy. People were either trying to label you if you're Christian in America as like super crazy conservative, right? Like crazy, like, you know, MTG, right? Or super liberal progressive. And it it just seemed like there wasn't somebody, and you know, I think I tried to fill the space a little bit, but there wasn't anybody that was kind of in the middle there. Now I will go ahead and admit that Russell is probably farther right uh, than I am. And, but I think that we're a lot closer together than we are towards the edges of what we believe in our, just, just our, our values and what we believe is important, uh, politically speaking, all of these things. So, you know, he's definitely still a conservative Christian. I'm definitely, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm like a little bit to the left of center and, but I'm pretty center. And so I, I just feel like Russell was able to deliver to us and lead a lot of evangelicals and give them words that they didn't have the last few years. He has a podcast called The Russell Moore Show and The Bulletin. And he's he's written a book that, and we'll get to, to the book in the um, in the podcast, but he definitely speaks to the problems of Christian nationalism. He speaks to the problems that a lot of evangelicals feel in their gut, but don't necessarily have the words to say or don't want to be canceled by their audience. 
Um, he already has, I mean, dude, he, if you just go on Twitter, the poor guy, well, not poor guy, I mean, he's, he's built for it, but he definitely calls things out when he feels like this is not Christ-like and this is not Christ-like behavior. And so I just, it's enough, enough of the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, Human Hope Familia, this is going to be an incredible conversation. I think it's going to help all of us, especially launching into 2024. Where we're going to have a lot of difficult conversations and we're going to see a lot of things. We're going to hear a lot of things and we're going to need to decide a lot of things. Here we go. Okay, so I have sitting in front of me, not actually sitting in front of me because I'm looking at him through my computer screen, but Russell Moore. Russell, thanks for coming on the Human Hope Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. We're, we're just a few miles away from each other. so We are. We are both in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a little crazy that we haven't run into each other. How long have you lived in Nashville? Uh, 11 years. Well, you probably moved here right when I moved here because I've been here 12 years. So, and did you come, did you come, where'd you come from? Uh, we were living in Louisville. I'm originally from Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay. But we were living in Louisville for a while. And I have uh, seen your Christmas decorations oh. quite often. <laughs> is, that is amazing. Well, you know what? The the podcast is over. My work here is done. I, I just wanted to make sure that you have come down my street. You know, what's funny is I, my, so my, when I grew up, like my dad, he's a, you know, he's a Panamanian um, immigrant to, to America. Like we just, we, we did not do Christmas like the Griswolds when I was growing up. Like it, it was, it was not that way. And there's just that, you know, my dad wouldn't even put up with like a string of lights. So I think this is just my inner child coming out uh, and going full on Clark Griswold in my yard with my, I love it. you know, it is, uh, I mean, do you, do you go hard at Christmas, Russell? No, no, uh, no. I, it's only because I am too incompetent to do it. I mean, I've got two or three things that I can do okay. and I do those. Yeah. But beyond that, it, you know, yeah, it would be, if I tried to hang up lights, it would be <laughs> an emergency room visit. That is There's fair. no doubt about that, it. That is fair to say. I will go ahead and let you know that I was the same way at the beginning. And I am now, I am now ordering extra wiring that I'm cutting and putting lights on. I mean, I'm all in now. So okay. it, it's all, I don't think that's going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is. A, it is a whole, it is a whole thing. People know that I, the proudest moment I had in 2021 was when I saw like every night around 7 PM, two limos would come by my house every night in December. And I was like, what's going on? So I finally walked out there and stopped them. And I was like, who are you? And they're like, oh, we're on the, this is the Nashville home Christmas light tour. And oh, I was that's like, hilarious. I have made it like they're coming by <laughs> my house. So, uh, that is, that, that's fun. We're not here to talk about my Christmas decorations, but I appreciate <laughs> that you have, uh, swung by to see those. You, you know, I, I do think that maybe people would love to, uh, know this just cause I do share so much of my life on the internet. Probably when you did come by my house, um, we have a mutual friend in common, uh, joy who lives across the street street for me, who I talked about, well, actually when this airs a few weeks ago on the podcast, let everybody know that I purchased the house across the street for me, for my parents. And it was just such a God story that Joy and Greg and Joy works for you. Tell, tell us what Joy does with you. She's executive editor at, uh, at Christianity Today. So she's the next one down for me. We work, uh, we work very closely together and she's great. She she's is. amazing. Yeah, no, she's, she's remarkable. And so it's been so cool to watch how that journey has unfolded to where I get to bring my parents, you know, here to Nashville. And um, I just, uh, I just appreciate Joy, Greg and everything that they have done for my family. Speaking of Christianity Today, 
let's let's just start here, kind of the most recent iteration of what it is that you are doing in your professional life. Can you give us a little bit about what it is that you're doing in this season right now? I'm editor-in-chief at Christianity Today, uh, which was uh, founded by Billy Graham in 1956. And so I give uh, direction and uh, vision there at CT. I do two podcasts, The Russell Moore Show and then The Bulletin. That's a news analysis podcast uh, every every week. Okay. So now are those – those are um, both weekly, not daily? Those are both weekly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Both, both, both weekly, yeah. And then I have a weekly newsletter that I send out. Okay. And then The Bulletin one, are you are – you, basically taking like news stories that are happening in, in America and around the world. And are you giving perspective on those or are you more yeah. just like reporting those? No, we're, we're giving, uh, giving perspective on those. And yeah, usually, usually three segments every week. Okay. Okay. Mike Cosper, my colleague and I, uh, we have a good time with that. That's fun. That is, that's fun. I've, I've listened to a couple episodes of your, um, of your podcasts and have always really appreciated. And I mentioned this on my Instagram stories this morning, there's a saying that I say a lot that every once in a while I run across someone's account or um, read someone's books or listen to a podcast that they've that they've put out that I feel like does encompass. And I, what I would love to do is I would love to say a statement to you that I say all the time on my social media and then maybe ask your, maybe ha- have you unpack it a little bit uh, as to what you feel like I'm talking about when I say this. But when, okay. when, when I see you and what you do um, so well, I say that someone like you doesn't stand on issues, but they walk with people. And and when I say that, I, I don't say that you don't have opinions on issues. We all have opinions right, on issues. Right. But that has become kind of a calling card for my Instagram community, my, my podcast. People know that I am a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled, Jesus, uh, re- full resurrection dude. But I also have a lot of people that they don't believe that. And they, you know, they, they have differences of opinions when it comes to pretty important things. I just, I've seen you walk, I've seen you be the hands and feet of Jesus. So maybe, maybe tell us, maybe where does that come from in you? The whole don't stand on issues, but walk with people. How do you get to the place where you can effectively walk with people that disagree with you on a lot of things? You know, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's probably having some models, some positive models and negative models uh, in my life early on where I was able to say, I see what that guy is doing and it's it's right. And, and, I, and how did he get to do that? What what happened that enabled him to do that? And then some negative examples. I think that's probably uh, where that comes from. And and then I have genuine friendships uh, I mean, I, I just uh, right before we came on here was talking to uh, a friend who's uh, Muslim. Uh, and then in, as soon as we get off, I'll be talking to a friend who's an atheist, uh, both of whom would probably disagree with me on just about everything. <laughs> right, right, but right. we really like each other. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I mean, you know, I, I just, gosh, I just feel like people have forgotten that that is even possible. I, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like, you know, we're, we're living in such a triggered society that people have forgotten that, you know, to have relationship with people doesn't mean that you're, you have to agree with every facet mm-hmm. of who they are and what they believe. And I mean, do, do you find that as well? 
Well, what I think is the root of it, and yes, I, I do find that, but what I think is the root of it is a lack of confidence. Mm. If people don't have confidence in what they actually believe or who they really are, then they're going to be frantic. Wow. And they're going to be trying to find the armor uh, to put on and to defeat all of the enemies all the time. Yeah. Where if you if you have confidence in uh, in, in what you believe and think, you're actually able to connect with people and talk with people. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like you're surrendering anything mm. because you're not. Wow. And one of the things that I've found is working in the public eye so much, uh, what happens behind the scenes is really important because that's when people will, will have honest conversations and say, uh, you know, can you talk to me about this crisis I'm going through yeah. or, you know, those sorts of things. And, and that's where, that's where things really matter. I think. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Athletic Greens, and I love Athletic Greens because they're like my BFF every single day. I take my AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single morning, and I started it because I was having some tummy problems. You know, you get in your late 40s, start having tummy problems, but also... It helped me with so much more. What in the world is AG1? What is what is AG1? AG1 is the supplement packet that Athletic Greens has come up with. And I literally feel incredible. I take it every single morning. And I also take it because it's hard for me to keep up with different supplements, right? Like I know I need vitamin D. I need vitamin B. Well, I don't know what all the vitamins are that I need, but I can trust that AG1 has it in it. Okay. I really quickly noticed that it started helping me not only with my gut health, but it started helping me with my energy. And I actually stopped drinking as much coffee. Coffee ain't great for you. FYI. Okay. That's a whole other conversation, but AG1 helps me with energy as well. And it's so easy to use. You just take one scoop in the morning, poof, you are done. My AG1 is delivered to me every single month, so I don't even have to figure out when and where to buy it. Listen, if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs, which I have with me on my trip right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Check it out. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Indeed.com. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. We're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all, right? Don't search you match and you match with Indeed. So this is what Indeed does. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Okay, so ditch all the busy work where you're searching and you're scouring and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging all in one place so you can connect with the candidate faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93%, get this, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What do we need to do here? Well, first of all, you're going to be joining 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your job more visibility at Indeed.com slash human hope. 
Just go to indeed.com slash human hope right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gosh, you know, what 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 do you feel like maybe it doesn't have to be the answer but what is what what have been some of the things that you've seen you know as you've been in the spaces that you've been in that have maybe begin to you know degrade relationships you know i mean you 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 even look at i i can't remember i, I saw an interview with Maybe it was Tip O'Neill and, mm-hmm. and like back in like the 70s and the 80s and just the close relationships with people that he had mm-hmm. that were across the aisle. And it just, it just feels like those are almost, they're just non-existent anymore. What, what do you feel like maybe has begun to deteriorate in the way that we human, the way that we do things, especially here in America? Well, I think in the public space, uh, a lot of it is theatrical. Mm, uh, I was wow. talking to my kids uh, school <laughs> one time and they said, um, you know, I watch you, you work in Congress all the time. I watch these congressmen, they get up and oh my, my the, the honorable gentleman from wherever and, and they hate each other and rip each other apart. And I said, well, the actual hypocrisy here uh, is that there are a lot of people who really do like each other. Wow. But have to pretend to hate each other. Wow. Because if they walk uh, outside and are seen smiling with whoever the enemy is, that's going to hurt them with their uh, base. I mean, you think about um, Chris Christie, who was the the Republican uh, governor of New Jersey when Hurricane Sandy hit and President Obama flew out there. I mean, it's a natural disaster. And they're working on it. And uh, Chris Christie just put his arm a, a little bit behind him as he was getting off the plane. Which most people would say, well, isn't this a, a, a good example of people working together right. and getting people out of a terrible situation? And there was blowback like you wouldn't wow. believe over that. I mean, it still comes up. Oh, you <laughs> hugged President Obama. I mean, really? Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a long journey from... Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and I, I love how you did call it theatrics because I I do feel like people are, you know, they almost have to these days perform for whatever it is that they're trying to perform for. Right. It could be, you know, we could use this as in a political sphere, but you can also use it in the faith space. Right. You've got, you've got pastors that are performing for, you know, parishioners and it's not just something that is a political thing. It can, we can see it in the faith space as well. Yeah, and you know why that is. It's for the same reason that it's true in Congress, which is you have very few people who actually are engaged with people who aren't already on the team, wow. whatever the team is. Yeah. So I, my, I started, I was talking about models. Uh, I started out uh, in life. I was working for a United States congressman and was kind of um, – you know, maverick uh, in his political party, a lot irritated the leadership. But he he knew he had to go home and persuade people who were of a different political party mm. uh, about what it is that he wanted to do. Yeah. When you have all of these uh, gerrymandered districts where people really don't have to ask for votes, Republicans uh, don't have to ask for votes from Democrats and Democrats don't have to ask for votes for Republicans. Then you just end up saying whatever your base wants you to right. say. And I think that translates to really all of us. 
Wow. When you're in a situation where you really, uh, you're not ever going to be face to face with somebody, you tend to say things you would never mm. say if you were. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You, the dehumanization begins, and you know, you 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 can go down a spiral. And and I, what I'd love to make sure people hear is that. I'm I'm not putting this past myself. Like like this is th- yeah, these yeah. are things that we you know all struggle with, and we we have to be careful. You know, you don't have to have a gigantic sphere of influence in order to suddenly start viewing another human being as not a human being, as as an idea, as opposed to a person. You know, and I think I think we have gotten into that a lot as the church. I feel like you know, yeah. as I have, I'll just give you my story for a second, and then let you uh, maybe chime in on it during. 2020, I began to, you know, before 2020, I was probably 90% of my time I spent in the faith space. I was speaking on Sundays in churches. I was writing books, um, you know, primarily for Christians. And that's where I was speaking. That's where I was getting invited to speak. Then suddenly in 2020, I began to speak into some justice issues. I began to speak up mm-hmm. for maybe some 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 people that, that didn't have a voice for themselves. And Russell, I began to find myself uninvited from evangelical <laughs> spaces to the point yeah. now to where I I probably spend 80% of my time in the corporate space. I spend 85, 80% of my time in the non-faith space. They are the ones that are asking me to come speak on justice and to come speak on loving your neighbor. I mean, I, I feel like these mm-hmm. are very simple <laughs> You know, these aren't very controversial things when I say them out loud, but suddenly I've just found, I've kind of found myself kind of pushed away from evangelical circles. You, you, you've recently released a book, um, where you, you lean into this. It's called losing our religion, an altar call for evangelical America. And I'll tell you when, when joy across the street told me about the book before it even came out, I just thought, oh my gosh, like this you're you're touching on my pain point. You're touching on the <laughs> the space where I'm I've I've been so wounded by I feel like churches that have suddenly shifted their allegiance from maybe I'm not saying their allegiance, but man, suddenly I just became too dangerous because I was talking about some things of justice. So can you just take what I just told you and maybe begin to unpack a little bit of what you've seen and you know take us into maybe some solutions that you may find. Well, usually when that happens, when you're talking about justice, you're actually the controversy actually isn't about justice at all is usually about race. Wow. And uh, the argument is framed that way. So you'll have the same sorts of um, arguments that have been given at every key moment in American history. Uh, which is to say, well, that's a distraction from the gospel to mm. talk about that. Yep. Or if you talk about that, that's going to empower somebody else who's who's not good. Or, you know, all of those arguments are, uh, this is Marxism. I mean, all right. of that. They've, they've all been there. They were there with slavery. They were there yep. with segregation. They're here now. And that is happening. What I've seen is a lot of churches, when this starts to happen, it's usually not even a majority of the church. Okay. Sometimes 90% of the church is actually on the same page. Wow. But you've got 10% of the people, what uh, Amanda Ripley calls conflict entrepreneurs. Okay. Oh, wow. And those <laughs> are the term. people who know how to, yeah. <laughs> and they know how to do this in such a way that you just get worn down. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to a pastor one time who had some um, flat earthers okay. <laughs> come and, and join his church. Sweet people, he said, yeah. you know, wacko beliefs and that, but, <laughs> but sweet people. He said, but he noticed that he would start self-editing. Uh, if he was going to say, you know, let's support our missionaries all around the globe, oh, he wouldn't gosh. say it. Wow! Because because he knew that the next day he's going to be getting an email. Oh, it's wow. just like I don't have time to fool with it. Wow! And I found that goes on a lot in churches, and and also I think because. You know, and there were studies that show that this goes on mm. on social media platforms. Okay. So that there was a, an important study that said most people on Twitter are actually normies huh. who want to get along with each other. Yep. You just don't hear from them. Sure. Because when they see the dumpster fire going on all around them, they withdraw. Yeah. And so they don't engage because they're because they're not the kind of people who enjoy that kind of thing. Right. Right. And the same thing can go on in a, a neighborhood association. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the next door app oh, is one goodness. of the most toxic oh. hellscapes <laughs> that's that's there. My wife and I'll joke about it all the time about the way that things just accelerate. Oh my goodness! Uh, my dog's lost. How dare you have a dog without a leash? Yeah. I mean, you know, it just goes. <laughs> goes on that can happen in any space and if you have people that think well if we just get really still and quiet it'll go away mm. that doesn't work wow. and that's that's why we're in the situation we're in i think well you know i mean i i guess i've never really even thought about the fact that it doesn't have to be the majority it can just be the the gnawing just one you know a week at a time an email at a time and it's like you know i just i don't want to read that email tomorrow so mm -hmm. i'm just going to skip that part yeah and 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 also because what they what what the small group of people the conflict entrepreneurs what they know is if they just hit you over and over and over again yeah. pretty soon the the normal people yeah. there are going to say you know why is he so controversial mm. Uh, you know, that's going to become mm -hmm. the issue and they're going to get exhausted. And I've just seen that happen so often. Yeah. Uh, there was a pastor, really, really amazing uh, pastor who told me one time that he uh, pulled a hoodie over his head when he went into the grocery store uh -huh. because he didn't want to get yelled at. Wow. Wow. Gosh. And, and it was over race. Yeah. Uh, racial yeah. justice issues. And I mean, that's. Yeah. That that is, I, I read somewhere. It may have been in another interview that you did about a, maybe a pastor friend of yours that had just given a sermon on the Sermon on the Mount, like like he had just yeah. talked about just what Jesus said, and he was actually accosted, not accosted, but he was confronted by some people that thought that was too whatever it may have been. Yeah, uh, he, he had, to, and I've had this actually almost the exact same scenario countless times uh, <laughs> over the past just couple years yeah. where somebody just said parenthetically turn the other cheek yeah. and after somebody will come up and say where did you get those liberal talking points oh. or, or you know <laughs> and uh, the thing that was amazing to me is that when those pastors would say I'm just literally quoting Jesus Christ uh -huh. <laughs> you would think the response would be oh uh, sure. uh, my bad right, right, you right, know, right. I, uh, I kind of creep back uh, but it didn't. It, they didn't flinch. Wow! Just to say, well, wow. that that doesn't work anymore. Oh gosh! We have to fight. Wow! Wow! So that's a that's a 
that's a huge change. There is a, you know, we have to fight. There is a, gosh, it, there's a shift in, in at least what, what I see. You know, I, I go to a, I go to an evangelical church here in Nashville, Tennessee. I've got, you know, it probably is, ma- you know, majority conservative voters, you know, that are in our church. I, and I'm, I love my church and I love my pastors. And I think they, they've done a great job pastoring all of us over these last few years. But I feel like, like, and it may just be what I see on socials, right? Which is not always going to be the truth, but that there is this verbiage of battle. There's this verbiage of yeah. a war. There's this verbiage of, is that something that you see? And is that something that, that maybe you feel like is, is dangerous? Yeah, well, absolutely. The, the metaphors matter. I mean, uh, Wendell Berry uh, talked uh, several years ago about how the metaphor of a machine mm. changes the way that you see yourself in other people. Wow. I mean, we, we use those. I want to find out what makes him tick. Uh, uh, you know, those those sorts of things that yeah. the metaphors actually change you. And I think that warfare language, yeah. what I'm seeing a lot right now is people using spiritual warfare language yes but what they're talking about is uh, other people who are on some other side of them culturally yes. or, or politically that's really dangerous wow because i'm an evangelical christian i believe there is such a thing as spiritual warfare yeah. but the bible specifically says it's not against flesh and blood mm. but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places so when when somebody uses uh, that kind of spiritual warfare language they're they're literally demonizing mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. uh and and when you do that i mean Demons are irredeemable. Right. <laughs> you, 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 and so once you categorize people like that, it changes the way that you wow. see them. And wow. then I also think one big problem is uh, we tend to think that people who differ from us hate us more than they actually do. Wow. I was teaching on the, in this really secular uh, program, secular uh, university campus. My students were almost none of them from any religious background at all. A lot of them never met an evangelical Christian until me. And I would find they were very curious. They wanted to ask theological questions and and talk about all of these things. And at night, I would go to a campus ministry and be talking to students there. And some of them would say, you know, how do we tell us how to how to go forward in this hostile environment. And I said, you know, I don't think that your classmates hate you as much as you think they do. Wow. I think they don't think of you at all because they don't know you're there. (laughs) And if you just weren't so intimidated and and actually had some conversations, you might find out that that, uh, some things would change. This show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. We are in the holiday season, and I know that many of us are feeling, a lot of us, the holiday blues. And when you're feeling that and everyone around you is so excited and happy about the holidays, you can feel alone. Well, what I love about BetterHelp is they pair you up with a licensed professional therapist that can help you talk through your feelings. The end of the year can be a lot, and it's really natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But again, adding something new and positive to your life, like 
BetterHelp can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to actually to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I have benefited so much from my therapist. You can go back and read or listen to so many of my podcast episodes about my therapist, Al. I'm grateful that I found a great one and you have an opportunity to find one for yourself on BetterHelp Online, right? It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, right? You just may not be vibing so you can find someone else. Listen, find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash human hope today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Human Hope. This week, Human Hope is partnering with Hiya, my favorite kids multivitamins. Y'all know typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. You remember your favorite vitamins from when you were a kid in the 80s, 90s or early 2000s? Well, Hiya is counteracting all of that. Okay, normally children's vitamins are filled with two Count it, not one, but two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and all that other gummy junk growing kids should never be putting in their pie holes. That's why Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamins. While most children's vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk. Get it tastes amazing and it's perfect for y'all's picky eaters. What is in it? Well, listen, there's 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and so much more stuff that your growing kids need. All right, so listen, we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamins. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, that's 50% off. You got to go to HayaHealth.com slash Human Hope. This deal is not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash Human Hope to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. You know, I I, I hear that and I, I feel like that seems like such a simple solution, but mm-hmm. just having conversations with people that that you may think don't like you, but they just actually just don't believe like you. And that doesn't mean that they don't like you. What, what are, we've talked about some of the problems. We've talked about some of the problems that we see in, you know, maybe in evangelical America or in churches or, you know, small pockets of people that have a deeply religious point of view. What, what are, what what do you feel like are some solutions where we can maybe, you know, your book's called losing our religion. Um, Mm -hmm. What, what is the, uh, what is the altar call? Like, like what is Mm -hmm. the altar call for evangelical America? What is it? You know, um, Nancy Jane Blair starting to play on the piano and we are opening up our, our hymn book. What's the altar call? It's to reset priorities for one thing. I think that we have made second things first Mm. and first things second. Wow. uh, In such a way that it, that it changes uh, everything. I mean, anything that you make ultimate is going to end up being destroyed and destroying you. Wow. Uh, so if you, uh, if you, if you idealize your spouse 
to such a degree that this has to be your perfect soulmate who's going to meet all of your needs, you're going to end up resenting your spouse. Mm, true. And if you think your kids are just uh, extensions of you to 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 complete all the uh, all the things you would like to do, yeah then you're going to end up resenting and being resented. Wow. And when we do that with our cultural identity or our political identity or something else, the priorities get out of whack. Mm. And then we end up with this kind of, I mean, in, in many cases, cruelty. Yeah, yeah. A and to celebrate uh, cruelty because we don't recognize that we actually, and for, for me as a Christian, to say we don't need to find these tribes that demand that we stand with them 100 mm. percent because we actually do have a community mm -hmm. body of christ yeah and i think to to see that and to know that and to and to reprioritize that is what's most important right wow now. okay let's get let's i mean i feel like we're getting to the tip of the pyramid here as far as mm -hmm. like there's there's pastors that are listening to this and they, they would love to reprioritize these things. They would mm -hmm. love to um, take their, maybe their congregations on a journey that is, is getting them back to making the most important thing, the most important thing. And the secondary thing, the secondary thing, what are some ways that this can actually happen on a week to week basis in churches in America? What are ways that pastors can lead or, or ways that lay leaders can, can lead maybe their congregations back to a space where it, it looks more like a gospel of Jesus Christ, as opposed to a gospel of a certain political party that you find yourself affiliated with. Well, a lot of people, when they ask that, what they, what they want is here's how to turn this around in six weeks. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and that's not going to happen. Are you, are you telling me you're not, you're not selling that course, <laughs> Dr. Moore? <laughs> no, because, you know, I, I said one time there was a pastor who, who said to me, when I look at my people's social media feeds, mm. I think, what have I been doing? Oh, wow. You know what? Let yeah. me just, and I said, well, what you have to understand <laughs> is what you're seeing on social media is like, light from distant stars mm. we, you know it, it it's the manifestation of things that have been cultivated a long time ago wow so wow. you That's really good. can't there'll be a lot of uh church leaders that'll say uh you know how do we get ready for 2024 right and i'll say well there are some things you can do but really you have to be working on 2034 yes wow that's so good because that's where that's where all of this happened and it, it it can't be it can't be turned around um, very quickly. Mm. It also can't be turned around in a large way. It has mm. to be turned around with a bunch of really small okay. things. Okay. 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 And uh, so, if when you're talking about a pastor, um, I would say what's probably most important right now is lay leadership mm -hmm. because you know people think oh well the pastors are crazy and they're radicalizing their people sure that is almost never the case uh, absolutely almost never yeah it is it is usually the case that it's the other way around <laughs> right. and um you know that that puts a pastor in a really vulnerable place mm. and i don't just mean materially i yeah. mean they're thinking okay i can't I've got to be able to care for these people when they're dying. Yes. So how do I get through this big argument that we're having? And you really need lay leadership in a congregation to say, 
no, we're not going to, we're not going to go in that right direction. Wow. And yeah. yeah, that's what it takes. Yeah, no, that that's good. You know, and, and I do think you're right. I think people want a quick fix. I think people want a, you know, th- this is the sermon series, four weeks and you got it. You're turned right. to, you know, you, you turn the corner and it's going to be the healthiest version of your church during the election in 2024 ever. Yeah. But I think that, I think the main thing is if you just stand and you see what it is, you know who you are, and you know what your priorities are that Jesus has given to you, and you stand there in it, you're going to be giving a model to a lot of people mm. who are asking, you know, what does it take? And so, uh, I mean, I, we, we talked about models first thing yeah. here. One of the most important things in my life uh, was seeing a boyhood pastor who really knew what it is that he was called to do and just wasn't hand-wringing and wow. frantic yeah. and uh, angry. And for a lot of people, they need to know there is somebody like that that exists. Mm. That that's a category that yeah. you actually can can do because if you don't have an imagination of that possibility, then you, you, yeah. don't, you don't uh, pursue it. Yeah, no, that, that you know, j- just... Gosh, more stability, people that, pastors that aren't just with every news story, like their flags are flying left and, you know, Mm -hmm. up and down and they're just not, they're just stable. They're standing in Christ and they're just being his hands and feet. You know, I, I do feel like that is the ticket, you know, more, more of that, more pastors that are like, well, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy news stories happening today, but how are we loving our neighbors well this week? Like, what, mm-hmm. like, what, what does that look like? And I, I just, I appreciate that, and I, I appreciate the conversations that you have. I, uh, I just, just everything that that you're doing, Christianity Today is, you know, it's been such a longstanding, um, I, I think, symbol of consistency in, you know, in. For at least for me, I mean, again, I think we're right about the same age. I grew up as a royal ambassador in oh, my, you know, like like with my Pinewood Derby cards, and I, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Christianity Today has been there ever since then, right? Like I just remember. Yeah. And so, real quickly, like what what are some, you know, what are some dreams and visions you have for Christianity Today for CT? You know, what are, what are some where are some directions you guys are going there? Well, what we want to pursue is Christian clarity with sanity. Oh, love that. Uh, and uh, and that means to, to give a model for faithful Christian witness that actually does want to persuade people and not just uh, yell at them. Yes. Uh, and to, to tell the stories of wow. uh, what's happening with the Bride of Christ yeah. around the world. Wow. I mean, I, I think that's really important to hear those stories uh, and to and to wrestle with ideas. So to prepare people for things that they they aren't thinking about yet. Yeah, no that 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 is so good with sanity. Put that on a bumper sticker, <laughs> and and I will slap it on the back of my Toyota Tundra right now. That is that we are in need of that. Well, uh, Doctor Moore, thank you so much. This has been very very enlightening, and just I just am, am grateful for you and the work that you do. Well, likewise. Thanks for having me. Incredible, incredible conversation. Uh, thank you, Russell. Wow, I, I just it just made me hopeful. <laughs> it made me hopeful for uh, 2024. And oh man, we, we, we all have a decision to make, right? We have a decision to make on how we're going to treat people that don't believe what we believe. We're going to have a decision to make on on what, what we're going to vote for, what we're going to stand for. You know, I mean, I, I love some of the stuff that he said. We have to make genuine friendships with people that believe differently from us. Genuine, not just acquaintances. We need to make genuine friendships um, and when you make those, 
understanding what you believe and being confident in what you believe will give you the confidence to enter into those relationships. I think a lot of us are, are scared. We don't know what we believe. So we're scared to step into conversations or relationships with people that are nothing like us. His book, Losing Our Religion, An Altar Call for Evangelical America is available everywhere. Books are sold. Thank you, Russell. I appreciate it. Incredible conversation. Human Familia, a few more weeks. A few more weeks. Next week, you're going to be very surprised. Actually, Instagram doesn't know this yet, and I'm not going to let them know until I'm there. You're going to be very surprised where I'm at. Like, maybe even shocked. Or have I told you already? Have I told you? Maybe, maybe I told you. Did I tell you? I can't remember if I told you or not. Hey, Dr. Delight. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Hey, thanks for hanging out on Human Hope. I'll see you next week on another episode live from... You'll find out. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. 